Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, usually a writer's room podcast, but today a reaction review podcast for Ahsoka Episode 5. I'm joined this week by Cole Forfang Fan, not our usual co-host for this show. Hello. But Mellow last minute said, hey, I don't want to do this. Nah, he's busy. Uh, so we've got you as our very kind replacement instead. Thank yeah. you for jumping on, Cole. Ahsoka welcome. Episode 5, let's do it. Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite yet, but it might be after I let it simmer for a bit. Episode 5. Four, I think, for me, still like stand out. Very yeah. much my favorite. Episode five this week was a bit more slow. Took mm. its time a little bit more, and it really wanted to dive into the character of Ahsoka. That was kind yes. of, I feel like, the point of today's episode, yeah. which I should have predicted last week, but I didn't. <laughs> I thought they'd jump straight into Sabine's story and what those guys do and what the new galaxy looks like. Yeah, silly me. I should have mm. realized that that is not the plan. And honestly, it's a it's a it's a smart move to kind of help pace out the rest of the season. Yes, um, because we've got. Not a whole lot to cover, I think. I think next week we'll probably start to yeah. see Thrawn and their part of the galaxy and what they're doing over there. Yeah, that's one thing that's sort of um, surprised me so far about just the show as a whole. We're five episodes in. Yeah. It's eight episodes in total, right? It is. And yeah, I feel like we're only just getting to like the the big conflict. But okay, that's kind interesting. of the third act. So yeah, we, we start to dive into a lot of stuff in this episode, mm. namely Ahsoka's journey through the world between worlds with yes. Anakin. And that was pretty good. I was really yeah, worried I last really week when it. we saw Anakin's face. I was like, this is really cool. But oh my God, <laughs> that yeah. one shot of Anakin at the end of episode four was not, <laughs> did not inspire hope. But yeah. for almost the entirety of this episode, I was pretty impressed with yeah. the, the de-aging. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, I, yeah, it definitely looked really good at points. Um, I mean, when he first came in again, it was still like that same yeah. kind of sheen, honestly. Um, but there were, for most of the episode, I, I would say it looked really good. There were a few moments where like, um, I think in the Clone Wars flashbacks. Yeah. Um, he he looked a little older as well, and I think it's just maybe they weren't able to get the effect as cohesive there. But, um, I mean, Hayden's performance in this episode was, I think that's the best he's ever been as Anakin, in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, I'm going to clip that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do, though, because, um, I mean, obviously, his emotional intensity in, like, episode three is phenomenal. Yeah. But in episode three, you're really only getting the darker side of him you're not getting a lot of that light-hearted parts none of the like wit and to be fair a lot of that only really comes from the clone wars adaptation of him and a few quips here and there in the prequel trilogy yeah but, well uh, we're gonna jump into the plot yeah. and start going through okay, this way awesome. just, yeah we're getting lost Wonderful. in the weeds cool um so yeah we start out with fuck where do we start out <laughs> what um, happens? so yeah we uh i'm pretty sure we open with was it hera right we have yeah. Hera arriving. Yes, yeah. She's standing there at the uh, the Stonehenge kind of looking yeah. area, and she's looking for Ahsoka. And we get a little scene with Jason um, <laughs> while, you know, Ahsoka and Anakin are kind of talking to each other and yeah. exchanging a bit more dialogue. And we start to see... So they played the Darth Vader's theme at the end of last episode. Yes. And that kind of teased us for a little bit of what we're getting mm. here, this really interesting mix of Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader and his twisted... Oh, not twisted, but his tormented soul. And, yeah. like, the, how his personality has come through into the force after his death yeah now it's all kind of mixed together in this really interesting way because we see his force ghost in return of the jedi yeah but darth vader still exists as a part of him and they explore exactly. that a lot in this episode i thought really well yeah definitely so his you know his interaction with ahsoka is very much confrontational it's very aggressive true to his mm. character he attacks her and he says life or death what do you choose yeah. And that is kind of the whole premise of this episode. Do I think that dialogue was bad? Yes. <laughs> At points, I agree. Yeah, a um, lot of the dialogue was very stilted and wooden this yeah. episode. I was not a huge fan. Classic Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's been like hit and miss so far with the show. And yeah. I think this episode was a lot of misses. But 
um jason is getting like senses of like what the hell like i'm, I'm hearing a lightsaber fight yeah. and he's trying to communicate that to hera um while um carson Tava, uh mm. the the pilot is behind her That's and he's insane, he's trying yeah. to say like hey um this <laughs> it's not looking good uh they mentioned they name drop uh leia organa yes which finally. is really interesting because we discussed on our other show we do uh that the whole problem with the New Republic is that they can't involve Han, Leia, or Luke. Yeah. Because they don't have the actors anymore. And the story, it it'll just make things too confusing and difficult to write. So they just avoid it entirely. Yeah. So the way they're doing it in this show is just name drops, I guess. Yeah. I will say, like, on one hand with that, I do appreciate the fact that they are focusing on the other characters of the Rebel Alliance who went into the New Republic, like Mom Mothma, for example. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I'm kind of happy about with post-Disney is that they're actually fleshing out a character like Mom Mothma, who kind of was just there in the original trilogy. Yeah, she takes much more of a, a, a center role. In yeah, yeah. Andor, and now in this show as well, and kind of trying to embody this the idea of the New Republic and what that yeah. looks like uh, post the war. Even though Luke, Lando, Leia, and, and Han <laughs> should also be doing yes, that. Yes, they should be in the picture. Um, they obviously can't be because of yeah. all of these, because <laughs> of Disney and actors and oh, all this kind of stuff. Eventually. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, it's definitely something that I, I notice a lot uh, in discussion threads on Reddit and stuff is mm. it's a big issue for people. It kind of takes them out of it, which is like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's fair enough. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so they're having that scene and we get, we cut back to, uh, Anakin and Ahsoka. They're having this really cool lightsaber yeah. fight. So they're dueling back and forth. I really enjoyed the choreography here. I thought it was really yes, good. That is one thing I wanted to point out. I hate the way Hayden moves. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm pretty sure he does a lot of his own stunts. In yes. For this. Same same as in the prequels, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The way he moves is just like, wow, like you're actually, like that's so, it's just captivating. Like, and it's it's character-driven yeah. uh, combat in that his dueling style it's is so aggressive. Him, yeah. And that's a big theme in the past couple of episodes of the show yeah. is exploring Ahsoka and Anakin and how aggressive and intense they are and how much like fighting is a part of who they are as characters. Yeah, yeah. And man, I think like, I don't know if it's maybe it's just been because it's so many years since Hayden's really actually been able to take back on the role, but he's brought so many new things. And I think a part of that is because obviously Filoni has made him watch the Clone Wars. And he, <laughs> is he, that he, true? Yeah, well, I, he actually, I do think he actually watched the Clone Wars for Kenobi. Right. Um, and when he came back, I think he spoke about how he wanted to take in elements from Matt Lanter's performance. There you go. And, that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's one of the things I actually really enjoyed about... Um, Anakin in this episode, you know, you get a lot of those quips and stuff, especially in the Clone Wars flashbacks. Yes. So at this point, uh, he cuts the platform or the magical yeah. landing that they're on, and Ahsoka falls into an Ahso- uh, into a Clone Wars flashback, yeah. and we get the name drop of it to, I guess, kind of help n- normal like the the average audience member of like this yeah. is the Clone Wars, and everyone's like, oh, it's the Clone Wars, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. have to call it out. But I thought it looked pretty good for the most part. So I think you had some issues with the production yeah, well, quality I, of, of how this all looked. And yes. Um, I won't start by being negative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, actually did really like the fact that we saw Anakin in his Clone Wars outfit. Like, yeah. that was really well done. That looked phenomenal. I think that's going to make and, a lot of people very happy. Yeah, and even like the his haircut looked Yeah, so they changed amazing. his hair in between yeah. these scenes of him appearing to Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my one um sort of... The one thing that's kind of pulled me out is a lot of the costumes just looked very cheap. Okay. Um, they didn't look bad, but they certainly didn't look um, very like high production. So yeah, live action Clone Wars armor. Yeah, I think this is maybe some of the, the first we've seen it. Second time, I think. Because yeah, yeah, in Kenobi we had it. We found a clone yeah. trooper. Oh, and also um, in Mando, in the in the sixty six flashbacks. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so, they did look 
pretty good in Mando, I believe. But, yeah, uh, no, it did. It, it did yeah. look good, and I can see what you mean. I wasn't taken out of it. I really enjoyed yeah. like the the fog of war is oh, ever the, present um, in these shots. Yes. Um, which is it's very intense, but I think it's it's a good way to hide some yeah. of the production aspects. Yeah, I, I will say like that's it's more of a nitpick really for me because I feel like those scenes like they looked really good the way they were shot yeah. and lit. And one thing that sort of dawned on me as I was watching was. You know, we've only really seen the Clone Wars in the show, where oftentimes you get so many lighthearted moments. It's a family slash kids show. Yeah. And ostensibly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Besides the war crimes. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, a lot of it is very light. Um, and watching this, you're like, oh wow, Ahsoka really was just like a kid in a war zone. Yes. And the bit that really hammered it into me, you know, is the fact that you hear one of these clones and it's fucking Tamura Morrison. Yeah, they got his very voice, stern, yeah. gravelly voice. Compared to, um, uh, what's his name from Clone Wars? The voice actor for the clones. Oh, that's okay. D. Bradley Baker. Nice. Yeah. Um, I got it. Yeah, like D. Bradley Baker, you know, has a lot of warmth, very excitable and all that, and he brings that to the clones. But when you see this, you know, Tamara Morrison has that very harsh, like, yeah. warrior voice. That, that, and that deep kind of Boba Fett voice. Yeah, yeah. You know? And hearing that, you're like, oh, this is like, this is like a bad this situation. is real war and yeah. she looks so young we get yeah. young ahsoka i thought young ahsoka looked great i thought she did a pretty good job yeah. of the acting and bringing it to the role yeah i she wasn't like bad i, I think or anything like that um it's mostly the dialogue yeah. i think we have an issue with I, it's I the writing so. of the dialogue i think like as a child actress she was good the whole time i don't know why but all i could think of was it reminded me of the young um young aquaman scenes from aquaman oh okay yeah. that's interesting um which was not a good thing to me but <laughs> i think she like the actress was really good i i'm a little surprised that she didn't age when they went to the siege of mandalore because they age her down like because you get um, Rosario I, Dawson, yeah. and they age her down for the start of the Clone Wars. Then you go to the end of the Clone Wars, and she's the same age. Well, the thing is, that from the start to the end of the Clone Wars, only oh, like it's right. two or three years. Jeez, you know, It's a very yeah. short period of yeah. war compared to how long it is between the end of the Siege of Mandalore and where right. Ahsoka is now after yeah. the original trilogy. So it's, yeah, I see what you mean. It is a bit yeah, weird, yeah. but I think the choice there was to try and show just how young she was the whole time. Yeah, I see what you mean. And um, honestly, that probably is a good thing. And I think, I think it, it worked for me, um, showing yeah. her as this, like, young kid. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, and I just loved the uh, dynamic between Anakin and Ahsoka as we well. We get a lot of these quips of him, like, running into battle and stuff, yeah. and you see his teaching style come through there. It is about fighting. It is about violence. Yeah. He is trying to teach her to survive a war, and that's yeah. all he's focused on. Um and yeah that sucks <laughs> and oh Ahsoka like understandably is kind of fucked up because of that it's yeah, like traumatic yeah. and she hasn't learned wisdom or patience or any of that kind of stuff or th at least that's not been the focus of her training so mm, yeah yeah from Anakin at least yeah. yeah a lot of the things she learned that she takes into Ahsoka are just the things she's had to learn after basically the fall of the Jedi Order yeah um but having the baggage of Anakin Skywalker being your mentor I think is the key thing they're exploring here. Yeah, and also the lesson you know she's taking away for how she's going to have to train Sabine assuming Sabine does turn back to the good. Yeah. Maybe. I mean I don't think she's gone I, evil. Yeah, I, I think she's yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then obviously they're diving into Hayden Christensen, not Hayden Christensen. Uh diving into Anakin being Darth Vader and yes. what oh, that means God. for Ahsoka and it's him like it, it'll cut back and forth yes, and explosions of his red lightsaber, his breathing, the cape and everything. Yeah. I mean, chills just thinking about it. I know. It was really good. Actually, yeah, really interesting thing as well. And this is the first time we've seen non-Darth Vader Anakin, uh, like, basically wielding a, uh, a Sith lightsaber, I believe. Yeah. yeah. No, it was a really interesting own. choice to yeah. have that happen. Um, and it's just, yeah, really interesting interplay between these two characters. And Ahsoka 
kind of realizing that maybe she doesn't want to fight anymore. Maybe she doesn't want to have this lineage and this legacy yeah. of violence be a part of her. Yeah. Um, which, personally, I think maybe could have been set up better from the first couple of episodes. If that's yes, the big, I, I if that's the big character arc for Ahsoka, it should have been. It should have started earlier than here. I yeah, think. I agree. Um, it's interesting because I'm trying to pinpoint what Ahsoka's sort of arc through this series. It's the Ahsoka show. It's an eight episode yeah. series, and it should be about some kind of growth or change. Yeah. Yeah, is is this what we're getting? Is this yeah. the center kind of crux? I do. I, I do, hope so. I do think we're getting something. Um, yeah, I'm just not too sure yet. Yeah. Um, I think one compared thing- to something like Andor, which we love. <laughs> oh, so good. First episode, first scene yeah. with with Cassian Andor, you know exactly. This guy is troubled. He's yeah, he in a life that he doesn't want to be in, on. and he wants to escape, even though he doesn't know what he wants to escape to. Yeah. Um. The fucking yeah. dog barking. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Um, and yeah. that's that's who he is, and then we see him change and grow over the course of the series. Yeah. With Ahsoka, I might, I might have to go and cut this. You know what? I'm going to edit this one a bit. Yeah, okay, that's all right. Girls. Anyways, yeah. um, with Ahsoka, that's uh, just a bit different. You know? Yeah. I think um, as well something I'd like to point out as well, because this was a reservation I had for a long while going into Ahsoka. I was a little worried that the Ahsoka we were going to get in this show was just going to be very like stoic. Um, no emotion, and I get that she's like a Jedi Master now and all that. Yeah. But uh, I feel like that's one of the things that was just missing from a characterization, even though I love Rosaria Dawson. But what we got to see in this episode, and not just with Anakin and all that, but later on, she's actually like a very happy, warm person again. And I think those elements just really make her a lot more endearing as a protagonist. Yeah, so we see that side of her that people were very fond of in The Clone Wars. It's yes. like this, the... The snide remarks, the yeah, witty yeah. banter, her and Anakin. The, yeah, she just has a lot of warmth. The back and forth yeah. there. I I honestly think it's a pretty valid criticism of Rosario Dawson yeah. being too stoic and being I, emotionless and I not fun to watch. Though. Yeah, I don't know if it's her fault. I, I don't know. Really I don't know really what the cause is. Yeah. All I know is that as a viewer, it's just a little bit boring. I, agree. I wish she'd yeah. move a bit quicker, talk a bit quicker, yeah. and have something like something to kind of grab onto. Yeah, yeah. Sabine, I'm really loving Sabine in the show. I'm just mm, not really? as interested in Ahsoka. Yeah. 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 As someone who's barely seen Rebels and barely seen Clone Wars. Yeah. (laughs) See, I kind of went in with the baggage of I did not like Sabine in Rebels. Ah. Um, She was all right, but there were moments that irritated me. And then I feel like her introduction did not, like, um, make me feel much better. Gotcha. Um, Overall, though, I think the actress is doing a phenomenal job with Sabine. And I I am enjoying her as a character in this. Um, But, yeah, I think in the case of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, I think we're starting to see a lot more sides and a lot more depth to her performance. One thing I feel that's really just letting her down in general is I do not like the contacts. I okay. don't know how you feel about them at this point. I'm not phased by it, honestly. I'm yeah. like, it's a space fantasy show. They've got to yeah. do contacts and little lekus and stuff. Yeah. It's a, I feel like they're too... Um, I don't know how to put it, but there's like a few scenes where like she looks kind of around the camera and it's just like there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. There's a lot of intensity yeah. there, yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, damn, I feel like that's just scares me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so moving on from that, we get, you know, I think, yeah, the crux of it is her fight with Darth Vader Anakin and his red Sith eyes and she fights him, beats him, and then turns off his lightsaber, like grabs it out of his hand, turns it off, throws it away and says, I choose to live. Yeah. Um, And I think it was a good moment. I don't know if it fully hit for me with the dialogue and what they're trying to get across. Yeah, that's... It seemed almost like it was maybe too subtle and I could have used a bit more of what, what are you trying to say with this dynamic? Yeah, I think for me, it took me a while to sort of, and I don't know if I've even come to the right conclusion, but it took me a while to figure out sort of what the lesson she was learning from this interaction was. Yeah. Because I don't think it was necessarily letting go of Anakin. Yeah. I think it had a lot more to do with 
um, her looking back at Anakin as a mentor and how that's going to affect her as a mentor for Sabine. Problem yeah. is, Sabine's kind of out of the picture at this point. Yeah, and it's weird. Yeah, and I don't know, are they going to pick up with Sabine and training again? I think they will. It seems obvious, but we've only got like three more episodes. Yeah. And they're going to have to get Sabine back into the group, which will take an episode, and then you get maybe two episodes that are the climax. Exactly. Um, But I th- like one thing that surprised me is that that segment was really only the first half of the episode. Yes. And, and we've got a lot more yet left to yeah. go. So just quickly, I'm going to touch on the scenes with Hu Yang and Hera. Mm. Um, so Hu Yang, obviously very sad, holding the helmet. Yeah. Gorgeous just a little touching moment. Yeah. Where he's like, I wish they'd stay together. They never listen. Mm. It's very beautiful. It's like you're kind of seeing like the softer side of Hu Yang, who's yeah. usually a very just like crotchety old man kind of mm. robot. I love Hu Yang. Yeah. Um, and then they're flying together looking for him. Uh, Hera listens to Jason um, and starts looking for Ahsoka who's uh, drowning in the water, potentially. Um, yes. They don't know where the portal is to the World Between Worlds, so they're just kind yeah. of like flying around aimlessly. Do you think she died? Ahsoka? Yeah. Do you think she died no. and that's how she ended there? No, I saw somewhere on Reddit that, you know, there's a portal to um, the World Between Worlds on Lothal, and okay. the Lothal wolves take Ezra there. Okay. And there you see, like, the stone with, like, a circle of wolves right. around it. Yeah. And you also see a circle of Purgil on Cetos. So, <laughs> so she falls into... The okay, idea okay. is that she falls into the portal, okay. I think, is what you're supposed okay. to kind of assume there. I think that's a little silly, but I'll allow <laughs> that's it. Fair, I'll that's allow fair. It. I, think yeah. that's, I think that's the implication anyways. Yeah. But, um, she falls into the water, there's a portal there. She yeah. comes back out of the, wa- out of the portal, she's in the water again. Yeah, see, I was under the impression she died, and, <laughs> like, she was sent into... Because uh, I... I I think it is the world between worlds, but I heard someone say it might be Mortis instead. And I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe that the line of like, I choose to live or I live or die kind of thing is maybe her fighting for her life in the world between worlds. And yeah, yeah, the force kind of guiding her back to it. I don't know. It's yeah, weird. Because I was like, damn, if she's alive, she's been underwater for a long time. Yeah, so Filoni's got some yeah. pretty whack ideas about what the Force is yeah. and what it means and what you can do with it and mm. how far you can push that boundary up yeah. until and past time travel as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying I disagree with it or anything, but I do think they're pretty whack in the sense <laughs> of like, whoa, that's pretty wild yeah. of you, Mr. Filoni. Yeah. I, I do like his appreciation to actually explore a lot more of the grander magical concepts of it. Yeah. Not magic in the sense of magic, but, you know, the fantastical elements of the Force. What is the Force? What can you do with the Force as a storytelling concept yeah. and device? Um, sometimes I do agree that it goes too far and it's yeah. too outrageous. I'm not the biggest fan of the um, Mortis arc at all yeah, in I haven't Clone Wars. but have seen it, but... Um, wouldn't recommend. Yeah. Oh, I hear so many good things about it, though. <laughs> I'll have to make up my own mind there. No, no, you can take my word for it. No. <laughs> but, you know, like, I think generally, though, I like um, I like how Filoni interprets the Force most of the time. Yeah. But anyway, so they, they find Ahsoka, they rescue her from the water. Mm. That first half of the episode is kind of finished. And now we have to deal with the consequences of Hera's actions, which lead uh, the, the New Republic ships to Cetos. They are coming mm. to kind of take her down, bring her before the Senate, and put her on trial, basically, yeah. because she's in trouble for running off as a general. Which is kind of fair. I like that there's some consequences here. I like that it sets yes. up some stakes for the end of the episode. Yeah. And Ahsoka's like, okay, they've destroyed the map. I Oh, she uses um, some stuff that they have used in Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. Ah. Is uh, the echo something, Force Echoes kind of psychometry kind of ability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To gain a, a glimpse into what happened with the map mm. and with Sabine and yeah. uh, Balin Skull. Got it. Yes. So, yeah. Um. And that was really cool. I like that use of the force. Yeah, there. Like, I, I oh, so like Ahsoka can do this. Cool. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you don't see everyone do every force power, but it's cool yeah. to see Ahsoka it's kind force of... Force detective vision. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, she uses that and realizes that mm. Sabine is on the ship with them. And she's, yeah. she was alive at least uh, when she left. 
Yeah, yeah. So that kind of leads them. They're like, all right, cool. Well, we've got to get to this galaxy. And Hera's like, all right, you crazy bitch. Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah. And they, they kind of like start going ride or die with each other. And Hera's like, okay, keep... Uh, she says to Kors and Teva, keep them away from Ahsoka. I don't care what you have mm. to do. Just do that. And the New Republic ships arrive as they all fly towards the Purgle pod yes. that are flying through the clouds. And this shit is really good. I thought this yeah, was really the... Like the Purgle. Yeah, it's tricky because I really love the Clone Wars flashbacks, but I think yeah. this is the stronger half of the episode. I thought this was really fantastic. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like um, yeah, I'm trying to think what I think. I, like a part of me at first was like, this kind of feels like two episodes crammed into one. Yeah, it kind of um, does. It yeah. kind of does actually. Yeah, because it felt like there is like a cohesive like, like there is a cohesive like story going on in this episode, but it does feel like. It was a Clone Wars, like, Anakin, yeah. Spirit World episode split with the... Um, I think the split comes down to, plot-wise, it makes sense. Yeah. But themes, it changes drastically. Yeah. It changes, like, it's the theme and very tone. Very different focuses. And the focus changes yeah. significantly. But the plot, it makes sense on paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it works as an episode. Um, yeah. But I think, like, I guess one thing for me is, I think the very few early episodes of the show, um, I think that's let down the show a little bit because we spent so much time in what really was the setup for the story and yeah. now we're pretty much into almost the third act of this yeah. season the and third act is getting to this galaxy finding thrawn exactly. finding ezra yeah yeah when in, when i feel like that should be the second act onwards yeah um because my prediction is honestly they're probably going to end the season with a cliffhanger yeah with thrawn coming to the galaxy that's my prediction i call it now <laughs> yeah nice we'll do more predictions yes, in a sec yes. i'm right. gonna finish off the plot yeah, that's all good um so they fly to the purple pod Carson Teva goes outside to the republic ships and they have a really funny interaction where he's trying to distract them and mm. he's like you're under arrest or something like that he's like i i need your codes i need your codes yeah, he's yeah. like trying to be intimidating and stuff and then she's like i'm gonna uh, like turn on the Oh, the mm. the grav beacon. What what's it called when they oh the tractor beam? Yes. Got it. He, I'm gonna turn on the tractor beam unless you tell me what's going on right now. And mm. he's like, okay, fine. And then he's like, okay, but you're not gonna believe me. <laughs> and then he lays it all out for her. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And all the while, Ahsoka is communing with this purgle and mm. flying inside its mouth, landing in there. And yeah, I think this all looks fantastic. I think it all reads fantastic. I really enjoyed everything that's happening. Um, her and Hu Yang fly and land on its tongue. <laughs> Um, really fantastical stuff, but I think it yeah. really works. They really sold it, yeah, especially cool. with, I think this is a great choice, is to have all of these X-Wing pilots going, whoa, yeah. what the hell is happening? I, I it's like fantastical that. for them as well. So it, hel- it it lends credence to it happening on screen because even the characters are like, this is pretty whack cool. what's happening right now. This isn't normal. Um, so she lands in there. Hera's like, cool, they're away. And then um, says goodbye as the Purgle are flying out. So the New Republic ships have to, like, get out of the way of the Purgle pod. Yeah. And then the scene, the episode finishes on them all jumping to light speed, which I thought was just awesome. I it did looked, really like that scene. All the visuals here, the music, it's all fantastic. Really well done. Yeah, the uh, music is phenomenal. Very strong finish. Uh, excited for the next episode. Yeah. I think um that that's one thing that has kind of surprised me about my reaction to the series so far. Yeah. I really did not like the Purgle and Rebels. I thought Interesting. They, I thought they were implemented in such a weird way. And yeah. It was just like, oh, Space Whales saved the day. Yeah, I think I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was very disappointed when it ended with the Purgle basically saving the oh, day. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because um, Ezra kind of like uses them to take him and Thrawn to... See, I thought that was a pretty inspired choice because I actually haven't seen inspired. that. Yeah. I have only heard about it and I've seen yeah. clips on like TikTok mm. and stuff. I know the basic gist of what happens in that episode. Yeah. I thought it was it seemed like a cool choice when yeah. they've been they spent a lot of time with Ezra setting up his connection to animals and stuff. And then that to have true. him use that yeah. connection to kind of yeah. deal with Thrawn and sacrifice himself the same way that Kanan sacrificed yeah. himself for the greater good and stuff. 
I thought it was like thematically worked on paper. Again, yeah, haven't I, seen it. Don't know how no, I feel true. about the actual experience. Yeah, I, I think you putting that out does bring a great perspective that I'll definitely consider. I'll consider <laughs> yeah. No, it, like it's definitely opened my mind to viewing it that way. Yeah, I think possibly another problem as well is just like by that point in Rebels, I kind of checked out. I think fair. And I <laughs> yeah. wasn't like because I watched Rebels when it came out. I was very into it and then just slowly fell off it. Um, but yeah, I actually do really like the Purgle in Ahsoka. I was very skeptical because I heard things about them being involved. They just look so cool. They do look the cool. design, look like the live creepy. action design is it's it is it's kind yeah. of that like eldritch horror kind yeah, of style of creature cool. design that I just I really vibe with. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Like, yeah, they're, kind they're of a cool. lot more friendly and cuddly looking in the show. In, yeah, in the live action, it's like oh these yeah, things um, are like these could rip you to yeah, pieces. Yeah, but that's a part of the reason why they look so like magical and majestic. They're magical. They're majestic. They're huge. They're mysterious, yeah. and they have this really uh, esoteric kind of power yes. that allows them to travel through galaxies yeah, and yeah. seemingly connects them to the Force as well. Yes, and I think that lends itself to the magic that Filoni is so interested in exploring mm. with Star Wars and the Force and stuff, and like how far can you push those boundaries yeah yeah and like oh i forgot what i was gonna say um <laughs> purgle 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 um yeah with the uh purgle as well yeah that's right um the sense of scale like you really yes feel no they do a really good job of making it feel oh like massive yeah um but yeah i i really enjoyed that and we the second the episode finished we're like god damn the music is so good <laughs> uh kevin kleiner it continues no. to just like banger after banger of score and yeah. uh, composition for the show oh my god it's Generally, really good. And the thing is, like, yes, he's going with a very William-esque style, of course. Um, but it definitely but he, feels unique. It yeah, feels like it's his yeah, cause he, interpretation. Yeah, there are definitely moments where he, like, brings in new things that Williams never would have. Like, I think yeah. at one point there was, like, a guitar and okay, like, an cool. earlier episode. Um, I'm loving the use of, like, wood blocks and yeah. uh, flutes and that kind of stuff yeah. to, to really sell the Ahsoka being a samurai kind of vibe. They've done that a lot. So they did a lot in Mando, and they continue to do it in it's this. It's working phenomenally. It very much works. Yeah. It's great. Um, also to track a bit back into the episode, um, I this is more a general comment on what they're doing with the New Republic, but I actually do kind of like the fact that the New Republic seem very much very Star Trek. Yeah, right. Like, I actually really do like that. They remind me of the Federation. And that's a kind of like a great way to distinguish the eras, I feel. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because especially like you see like those Mon Calamari ships and stuff in the original trilogy and like the very Star Trek command yeah. like decks they have. Um, but... You don't get a lot of that. Generally, the rebel and they're alliance. not in power. They're not. No, exactly. They're not um, enforcing their ideology on the galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. They're the underdog. So to see this yeah. idea that is very, I think, yeah, a really interesting point that it is kind of reminiscent very, of Star Trek. Yeah. I really like that as well because yeah. you get like the the command deck and yes. the one captain in the chair in the middle. Yeah. Exactly, and it's a great way to distinguish the Rebel Alliance from the New Republic because I feel like a, yes. a big problem for a long while, especially since they've mostly been using X wings in the Mandoverse. Um, it's always just kind of felt like the New Republic is just the Rebel Alliance, scrappy yeah. and stuff. And that's even a problem with the Resistance in a way. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to actually see, like, fleets and stuff where they've got these command decks and there's very much, like, a military order and hierarchy, Yeah, it's a great distinguishing feature. And to distinguish it from the Empire as well. Because yes, the absolutely. Empire command decks are very iconic. Yeah. And even, like, if you would really break it down, you've got a whole area dedicated to people below yeah. the main deck yes. where the important people stand. Exactly. You know? Darth Vader Brids staring at the Hypsons. Yeah. And they're yeah. all below that. And then with this, yeah. it's, it's, you know, there's still levels to it and everything. But you have the captain and then you have these this kind of equal plane of all the people working at the tech yeah. control panels and stuff like that. And it, it is, it's a more inviting of a visual, I think. And it looks really good. And it sells, yeah. it sells that kind of idea. Yeah. One thing I will say, and I don't know if this is a criticism yet, okay. because I, I have to wait and see how it gets executed, but I do feel like the New Republic at this point, 
especially in the context of Hera, like not obeying orders and stuff, they feel very weak. Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. And it's something we've talked about a lot on on our other show as well. Yeah. It's just like how much the New Republic. It just it is it believable? Does it yeah. sell? Do they? We're maybe going to see Coruscant next episode with Hera. Ooh. Is it gonna be? believable do they actually yeah, feel like they, they have power yeah and it's working exactly because uh, i feel like yes I, I like the fact that they did bring in uh, bring in the stakes at the end of the episode yeah with um you know Hera having to now deal with new republic uh, officials coming but they they feel very toothless like they're not actually going to do anything is there going to be teeth next episode I exactly think i hope so because yeah. i feel like we've gotten parts of that especially with like the more shady senators and stuff but yeah at the moment it's all talk and it's it hasn't been executed well. Yeah. So I, that's why I'm waiting. I'm very excited for the next episode and to see, you know, how that kind of shapes mm. out and to see this new galaxy. I'm so yes. keen to see what it looks like and to see what they yes. do with it and how much they're willing to explore and what the next three episodes, what the final part of the episode of the show is going to look like. Yeah. I honestly, I don't really have many predictions. Um, like I predicted for predictions. this episode that by the end of the episode, we'd yeah. see Thrawn. I no, was I said completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Predictions is not what I meant. Um, okay. I, I don't have a, clear idea of what we're going to see. I have predictions, though. I mean, we're um, going to see Thrawn. Like, yes. we know oh, he's in the yeah, trailer. He's going to be in the yeah. show. I thought we'd see him here. Yeah. It might be next week. It might be the yeah. week after. It's hard to say at yeah. this point. Um, I, I'm going to predict next week. Okay. I feel like they have to, right? They're going to be in the new galaxy. Yes. We're probably going to see Sabine again. She's probably going to meet Thrawn. Yes. But I... Oh, this is more of a wild card prediction, but I reckon it's going to be like end of episode teaser. They're going to do that, aren't they? I've, I've been yeah. feeling like that's the kind of thing they're going to do. Yeah. He's going to come in at the end of the episode. We could be way off, um, but that's that feels like something they yeah, would do. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see if maybe Ahsoka... It's it's more of a, like a... Ahsoka has to interact with characters. Mm. So does she go straight to Sabine or does she find a planet and there's new people there who don't yeah. even speak the same language and she has to yeah. navigate that and try and use them to find Ahsoka. Oh, to find Sabine, sorry. It might be something along those lines. It might be her wandering and exploring, trying to hunt them down. Yeah. Or she might just go one-to-one, finds them, they fight, and then we see where the story takes us. Yeah. But, it's interesting I, to to try and feel like, okay, three episodes. How much do they move? Do they go to the galaxy? Do they yeah. come back? Do they go and stay there and that's the end of the show? Yeah. What's going to happen, you know? Oh, yeah, that that's an excellent question. I really have no idea where Ahsoka's going to go. Like, Yeah, and it's her series, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe she was right at the end of the episode. Maybe they will go to fuck off nowhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> she but, goes completely the wrong way. Yeah, and it and just, that's, that's the, the next end. two episodes is just Sabine. <laughs> and it's nothing to do with Ahsoka. Yeah. No, it's just Ahsoka. Boba Fett, eat your, eat your heart out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, um, I I mean, maybe she'll be the one who finds Ezra first. Yeah. Like, I, I do think we're going to have to see Ezra in the next couple episodes, at least, before the end. Yeah. And I'm so curious to see what type of a character Ezra will be now. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, cause And where he will be and where we will find him. Exactly. I mean, like, one thing that uh, I realized recently was, you know, Ezra doesn't have a lightsaber or anything, right? Nah. Yeah. Would, I maybe I'm not sure I haven't yeah, seen the show. I th- I'm pretty sure he lost it at the end. Of, right. Uh, yeah, because I think um, Sabine at the start, you know, she even has his lightsaber, and he's just a nomadic purgle rider. <laughs> he's crazy. Maybe. He's an old man. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah, maybe like uh, he's like a you know like a beastmaster or something. I yeah. don't know. I feel I feel <laughs> like um, one thing we're gonna see, which I'm kind of excited for, you know, is Filoni loves to explore the Force. Yeah. We're in a totally new galaxy. Has no conception of the Sith, the Jedi. Um. I think we're going to see. Ooh, I think we're going to see a very different take on the force. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. I'm very excited to see it. Very excited for next week's episode where we will be right here reviewing it and giving you our reactions for yeah. it. But until then, this is fixing the sequel trilogy. You can find us here every yeah. week, twice a week, doing this show and doing our other show where we talk about the sequel trilogy and fixing that narrow and rewrite. 
But until next time, this has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, and may the Force be with you.